All right. What what are some other core elements of influence? How about credibility? Of course, and I think that goes very closely with trust because again, like you said, if you're not living out your wife, you're not living out the story, credibility and trust go out the window. Yeah, it's really about your actions matching your words. Right. That you have a you're demonstrating a certain knowledge or expertise that's trusted. And then you say you're going to do certain things and then you actually do them. Right. Not only are you building up trust, but you're also building up credibility, which I well, think is another core element you need to be influential for people. Right. And I think with credibility, one word comes to mind is integrity. Mm-hmm. Right. As a, Add that to the list. Yeah. As a leader, behind closed doors, are you are you living out your personal brand as well as the the company brand because we talked about personal branding and mm-hmm. personal storytelling multiple times and you know it's we can observe this happening a lot in the business world or even the political world Hello, and welcome to the Generate Your Value podcast. I'm your co-host, Andy McDowell, founder and owner of Generate Your Value, providing life, leadership, and small business coaching services in the Atlanta area. And I'm Zach Levy, your other co-host. I run a nationwide financial service business with my wife, Megan. Together, Zach and I have the intention to bring you tips, concepts, ideas, suggestions, stories, and analogies from A to Z, which will help you to grow your personal brand and small business in such a way that joy, happiness, and success as you define it for yourself are achieved. We hope to use our gifts, talents, and experiences in business to generate value in your life. And with that being said, let's move to our topic for today. Welcome to the Generate Your Value podcast. My name is Andy McDowell, one of the co-hosts, and with me today is my illustrious other co-host, Zach Levy. How are you doing, Zach? Uh, Great. I mean, it's been uh, fun getting abnormal snow in the Atlanta area. Yes. For everybody that's in regions. But in typical form, within 24 hours, it's all gone. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It always makes a pretty picture, and then That's it. Step outside, take a picture, and it's gone. Yeah. I mean, it's it's atypical for it to last two to three days, given it's usually temperatures are right at freezing so, when it snows, and all right. you need is a, just a bit of sunshine, and it all goes away. And the anyway. rest of the country makes fun of us because we shut the city down for an inch of snow. So. Well, we could do a whole episode <laughs> on that piece, but we won't. So, so Andy, what are we what are we talking about today? So, in full dis- disclosure, I had a. An episode in mind about the logistics of doing strategic planning in a year, and I think we'll save that for another episode. But I woke up this morning and had a strong urge to talk about the difference. We, we often talk, uh, Zach, you and I, on, on our platform, Generate Your Value platform, about mm-hmm. the similarities between life and business. Right. And multitude of episodes that talk about that. But I thought today we'd focus on the difference. And the main difference is 
the word scale. We've mentioned it in an episode, but mm-hmm. I think it's worth a deep dive, even if it's only a 20-minute episode, just to talk about it. I'm, I sort of have this sense that the universe wants me to talk about this today, so bear with us. So we've talked about how people and companies have brands, strategies, and a host of other things where we have overlap, but the, the main... The main difference is one item, right? Mm-hmm. Which is what? Scale and otherwise known as size of the operation, essentially. Well, you got multiple people. When you hire your first employee, it's it's like having your first child. Right. The, the world is just totally different, right? From that perspective. So now all of a sudden you have to become a leader of others. And when we say you need to be the CEO of your life. Now you've become the CEO of a business. Right. And for your individual life, you only have to worry about yourself. Everything's internally focused and you've got one human being involved. But Mm -hmm. now you're doing a business and you've got other people involved. So yes, you can do sort of command and control and just bark out orders and get people to fall in line with you. That's that's always that's always a choice you can make as a leader, but I think studies have shown and history has shown that those that are more effective in leadership lead with influence instead of a command and control kind of leadership styles. Mm-hmm. So maybe we can talk today about influence and what does that look like within a within a business. So, so maybe we'll start off with the definition of influence. What, what does it take? What are, what are some elements in influence that you need to be successful with influence? Maybe we'll start there. One, I mean, develop, I mean, the big, I think the first step, one of the biggest ones is, is developing a brand. Okay. Right? The brand, the story of the business that that more people can get bought into right we talked a couple weeks ago about about storytelling mm-hmm. right and that brand is, is is really at the end of the day it's a story that you're telling that the business the the people that are working in your business can buy into i think that's number one and trust yeah well tr- Trust that that is your story. You say it's your story, but you're actually living out that story. Through my experience with the company, yeah, I see all your marketing, you're telling your story, and this is what you're delivering. And I felt that. And then all of a sudden, my trust level with your company shoots through the roof, right? Right. But I think that's a core core element of influence is that you have to build up some trust, right? As a foundational thing before you can actually start influencing people to act and think in a certain way. Right. All right. What what are some other core elements of influence? How about credibility? Of course, I think that goes very closely with trust because again, like you said, if you're not living out your why, if you're not living out the story, credibility and trust go out the window. Yeah, it's really about your actions matching your words. Right. That you have a you're demonstrating a certain knowledge or expertise that's trusted. And then you say you're going to do certain things and then you actually do them. Right. Not only you're building up trust, but you're also building up credibility, which I well, think is another core element you need to be influential for people. Right. 
And I think with credibility, one word comes to mind is integrity. Mm-hmm. Right? As a, Add that to the list. Yeah. As a leader, behind closed doors, are you, are you living out your personal brand as well as the, the company brand? Because we talked about personal branding and mm-hmm. personal storytelling multiple times. And, you know, it's, we can observe this happening a lot in the business world or even the political world where they're saying something, they're telling one story over here and then get behind closed doors and not necessarily living out that same story. And then it's found out and the lack of integrity that leads to the loss of credibility, loss of trust, and ultimately working backwards here destroys the overall story. Yeah. So we're really talking about power with this, right? Mm -hmm. Where is your power lie? Does your power lie in the fact that you hold a, a particular position, title, a position of authority mm-hmm. that at any second in the day, I can just don't like what you're doing. So you're fired and you're out of here. You know that. Right. That. Well, the boss. Inherent kind of, power from, from where you sit within a structure. Well, it's what most people view as a boss. As a boss. Right. Are you are you leading? Are you leading with that power? Are you leading with a power of persuasion and influence and trying to get buy-in, such that a person will change their behavior and their actions to align themselves where you are trying to take the organization? I think right. that's the crux and here of our discussion today: is which pathway are you going down? Right, and and really to simplify, and we can work back. Is are you are you somebody at the head of an organization that is leading by fear mm-hmm. or leading from respect? Right? In love. Right. Well, it's weird. It's inherently that, it's, in it's weird that we think the exact same way because right. my next statement was gonna say this is going all the way back to our episode about fear versus love. Yes. Right? I mean, literally a fear-based style leadership. We can guess which one that is. Mm-hmm. But out of respect is leadership via love through doing something for other others. I mean, yesterday in the United States was, was Martin, Lu- Martin Luther King Jr. Day, right? One of my favorite quotes from him is one of the biggest questions in life, and I'm paraphrasing here, but is what are you doing for others, mm-hmm. right? Talking about servant leadership and that servant leadership demonstrates a love-based leadership. And that is how we gain the respect and, you know, differentiate those two paths. It goes back to our episode on culture from an employee perspective. Everything in those first five out of the 10 list is based off of that, based off of emotional values instead of physical or physical values. And it's all based on what kind of love or form of love is being demonstrated by your leadership. Right. And, I mean, again, leading with love, but also not having pride or fear to understand speaking on culture that perspective is truth for an employee, mm-hmm. right? Or anybody in your organization, perspective is fact. Or optics. Right. This is the way I'm viewing strategy of the company and my leader's behavior and their leader's behavior and so forth and so on has certain optics. And so I perceive those optics to be truth. Right. So it doesn't matter what the intention was. If it doesn't, in the eyes of the organization, 
line up with what story you're telling, you know, we, we start to lose that respect. We start to lose the influence that we have to get the ship steered in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And are you going to backtrack across that line and start leaning from fear? Right. I've seen that if, happen if many you, times. Well, if you've got people or behaviors happening that aren't in line with where you want it to go, are you looking strictly at what the employees do? And are you, or as a leader, are you asking yourself, how am I contributing to this? Mm-hmm. Am I not being influential enough? Have I, have I not described the whys? Have I not communicated the strategy better? Have I not, you know, done A, B, C, D, or E that needs to be done to get people more aligned and behaving in a different manner? You know, well, it's a two-way street. Before we started recording, right, we were proliferating on people living out of fear and things like that just with what we do, right, on a different, you know, completely different topic. On but a this daily basis. Right. And one of the biggest things we brought up was what we've talked about before is ego, mm-hmm. right? You know, so many people, we, whether you're climbing the corporate ladder, you start a business, when you're the head honcho, it is very easy. It's human nature almost. Oh, I'm, you know, I'm the boss, beat my chest and quote unquote, sit in the corner office and tell people what to do, right? And... In that conversation about ego, we both identified that a lot of people we talk to, ego gets in the way of their success, Yes, right? Because that ego is a wall that goes up that doesn't allow them to be introspective or even retrospective for that matter, right? Well, it's it's protecting vulnerability. It's, it's wanting to have greater control of the situation mm-hmm. to protect myself. Which for is fears that I have within myself. Which is human nature. Sure. Right? But again, nature of this world does not always lead to the best results. No, I mean, your <laughs> ego is never going to go away. The question is, are you projecting stuff onto mm-hmm. your employees or your team that's causing them to approach their daily life and their job in such a way that's not the behaviors you're looking for? Right. 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 Out of fear, shame, resentment, not being seen. I mean, shoot, could have a list of 30 things. Mm -hmm. But it's more of a power grab, if you will, than it is being influential. And it's certainly not talking about the why. The why is because I said so, as opposed to the why of the organization, the why of why we're sitting in this place in the marketplace, the why we're choosing this particular strategy to execute on, it could go on and on. All the other different whys, short of your own why of, well, because I said so, just do what, right. do what I tell you to do and shut up and sit down, so to speak. Not much different than parenting. No. <laughs> At least for teenagers. <laughs> you know, trying to, trying to parent a three-year-old or six-year-old is slightly different because of their where they are in their growth and age, but... Well, I mean, in a lot of aspects, like like you just made the connection, a raising a business is like raising a child, right? I mean, the first employee mm-hmm. you get it's like you have your first child, and then you. I mean, you can look at the levels of management as you grow as generations. Mm-hmm. 
right? So, or the business as a whole is one big baby. You've got to be able to to have the connection, the relationship with those people that they're bought into, not just the company, but to you as well. Because those have got those are going to go hand in hand. Yeah, I'm just I'm quietly thinking out loud over here. So if you're if you're raising kids in a family, you have concern for the individual child themselves, but you also have concerns about how all the children mm-hmm. together as a group are getting along with each other and learning about relationships and so forth. So right. I think your analogy is a good one. You know, doing a business, you're worried about both. How is how is John Doe doing mm-hmm. in his job individually and his own personal goals within, but also how well does he work with the other members of the team to help accomplish right. goals for the unit? Right. So once again, another similarity. Because, I mean, in business, I'll take, a, I'll take a sales organization, for example, right? Each individual salesperson needs to be performing. They need the tools that they, you know, they need access to tools to make them the best at what they can do, right? Mm-hmm. Technology, et cetera. So we want to make sure that they have that, right? But if we've got just an individual focus on just the salespeople, we might lose sight of the culture of the company, right? Like you said, with the right. children, we've got to make sure that they're, you know, getting along, they're, they're learning conflict resolution with each other. Correct. Right? There's, there's a family culture and that they are moving as one unit at the same time while mm-hmm. still being individuals. Right. So it's the same way with our employees in an organization or, you know, even if you don't have employees, if they're, you know, independently, whatever. If they're in your organization, members of your team per se, it's got to be the same thing. How can I help John, like you said, how can I help John succeed at what he needs to do? Make sure that his needs are taken care of, that he's bought in, mm-hmm. but at the same time that so is everybody else, but we're promote, promoting a culture. One thing that we always talk about is, you know, two main Culture things in our office that we talk about is, you know, number one is move as one unit, right? But to move as one unit, number two has got to be trust without doubt. Right. right. And knowing knowing the role that each person plays right. within the team. And that's why I think leadership is an art, right? So you have to juggle having one-on-one conversations with each individual team member doing one-on-one influencing, helping the win-win, helping to find them, develop them in their career, mm-hmm. whatever path it is they want to take. But at the same, you know, doing that for each of the 10 members, you have a 10-member team doing that. But then also influencing and leading the whole whole team and organization on things that the whole team needs to accomplish. Right. And how do you how do you fit those individual pegs into this bigger, higher-level Mm-hmm. Why, strategy, goals, accomplishments, and all those things. And so that's a bit of a that's a bit of a juggle and, and an art on how you try to right. find that win win through all of that that you're trying to do. And that's why I think leadership is an art. Well, I mean, I love that you you use the word juggling there because you watch a high level juggler, right? Something I've physically never been able to do. <laughs> but 
you know, it's impressive. You've got four, five, six different objects going around at the same time. And like you said, it that is an art form. And very much in the same way as you just said, so is leadership. Mm-hmm. I mean, you and I have both had experiences leading pretty, I mean, your experience in leadership was leading a much larger organization than I ever have. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, that's when we talk about scale, right? Right. You really start to learn the right way to make those brush strokes, you know, and it comes through experience. And for some reason, you know, a lot of the corporate culture pushes, it's changing now. We've talked about that, but for eons, it's pushed fear-based leadership. They're not doing their job, fire them. Mm-hmm. Right. Don't get, don't get to know them too closely. Don't, don't, don't get to know their family. Right. Right. Cause you might have to make a bad decision that affects their right life. Whereas, you know, from experience, I think we can both say have found that by doing the exact opposite, they get bought in. And so you don't end up having to make those bad decisions. Well, you or stand a better often. chance of success in in the actions and results within the team where you don't have to do that. Right. From that perspective. But what about this thing this thing called art, right? Art denotes creativity and imagination. Mm-hmm. So wouldn't life be wonderful if there was a stock standard manual to leadership that you could just take a course in <laughs> the university or in high school or something. And this is everything you, you need to do. And if you memorize this book and go execute on these topics, then you're guaranteed success. And it's easy, just a bunch of memorization, take a class on it and you're good. Well, that's not reality. <laughs> right. I mean, why do you think there's so many dang leadership books out there? Yeah, it's a I mean, complex topic and it takes some creativity and imagination complex. to do it well. It's abstract. Mm-hmm. It's intangible, and there's 800 different schools of thought on it. And it's not for the faint of heart. Right. <laughs> you're, just like in life, you're going to hit some bumps in the road that you, you don't see coming, and you're like, oh, man, there goes my day. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> you got human beings that are complex involved in right. the equation. Business would be really simple if it weren't for the human element. Man, if you're managing a bunch of robots, right? Right, they, exactly. They were written with code that was predictable in terms of behavior. Unless they go rogue, but that's a different episode. So, <laughs> well, it's the cre- creativity of Hollywood. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, I think we could talk about this for proliferate for hours on this because, the, like we said, leadership and influence is such a dynamic, abstract topic. And why I often get asked as I go out and do interviews on other podcasts, you know, what's your definition of leadership? Because it's so different for everybody because it is a little bit of a nebulous, not a solid rock, you know, kind mm-hmm. of thing because it is so complex. And so... It has I different mean, facets. And I love, you know, what we've talked about, the simplest definition of a leader is somebody that creates other leaders, right? Well, it's number one priority. So with that, right, to... I think somebody that has the most influence, right, is somebody that can help 
their employee or their trainee or whatever, not only see, hey, I'm just going to teach you to do your job, but that they're actually going to pull them up and help them to empower themselves. Again, going mm-hmm. back to the parable of basically if you, you teach a man to fit or you give a man a fish, he'll eat for a day. You teach a man to fish, he'll eat for a lifetime. If you teach somebody to eat for a lifetime, you've developed another leader, which I like to talk about compounding a lot, which creates a compound compounding effect of influence and generating more value. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Well, maybe that's a good spot to leave it. I think this episode's more about I was planting going. seeds and for people to think about in their own life and we're not necessarily supplying answers, so to speak. It's more about getting people to be introspective and think about this topic and come up right. to an answer that fits well for themselves and their own life. Right. Well, leadership's not going to look the same for every organization or every no. person. No. Right. It's going to look different in different industries. going to look different in different sized organizations. Mm-hmm. I mean, slice it and dice it 20 different ways. It's going to look different. But, and you know, and this, this can completely, if, if you're a solopreneur, it can be scaled down on an individual scale. Right. Just like we were talking mm-hmm. about, but you know, maybe we can talk more about that at a, at a later date and dig in there, what that looks like. But with that, we do appreciate y'all as always spending time with us about 20, 30 minutes with us. And we do hope that these seeds are planted and that you, you take the time to be introspective and water them, fertilize them. And so they grow into not to be cliche here, but, but a tree of leadership, right? That looks like what you need it to look like to help your, your organization be successful. And as always, hit this, hit the button has the word subscribe, but we call it the follow button. Right. So to follow us follow on us our on journey. Our, on our journey here to deliver value to the world. We greatly appreciate your time, your energy, your thoughts about this. If you've got some nuggets out of this and you want to pass that along to others, please share it so that they might listen and get the same nuggets that you did. You know, it's helped spread it around the world. So that being said, we know uh, your time is important and it's a finite resource for you, but we greatly appreciate you spending it with us in this 20 to 30 minutes. And uh, we hope you'll join us next Tuesday. Have a great week. Take care. Thank you so much for joining us today on this episode of the Generate Your Value podcast. If you find our conversations to be useful in your life, I invite you to subscribe to our podcast so that you don't miss an episode. You can find me online on Instagram at The Fitzpreneur, Facebook, and LinkedIn. For information on my coaching services, if you're in the Atlanta area, go to www.generateyourvalue.com. You can also find me and my company on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Simply search for Generate Your Value on those platforms. Once again, thanks for joining us for today's podcast. And we invite you to generate your value in this world.